start with my own discovery of of Champion Hill, Lee. Uh, you have two courses up there, but the first one that I heard about was Champion Hill from a buddy of mine. Uh, I was doing some research last last year, kind of in the wintertime, for a, a buddy's summer golf trip up to northern Michigan. And, you know, we had a lot of the big-name resorts, but I was trying to fill out a few extra days um, of, of some uh, off-the-beaten-path, maybe, or, or hidden gems, or whatever you want to refer to it. And, you know, he recommended uh, Champion Hill. And so, you know, my first question, being a, a golf nerd of sorts, and this wave of golf course appreciation and architecture was, who's the architect? Uh, and when he named, when he said your name, and I went online, I, I got to admit, Lee, I didn't find much. Uh, so I'm, I'm fascinated about your journey into golf course architecture, but why, why don't we start with a little bit about Lee Stone, the person, um, maybe beginning with, where did you grow up? Well, I grew up here in, uh, in Bensie County. Uh, the only time I've been away is when I was at school up at, uh, at Michigan Tech up in Houghton and, and part of a family farm. <clears throat> Okay, so you did grow up on a farm, and that farm was where the golf courses sit today, right? Well, the business had several farms, and uh, I grew up on one of the farms, but not not one that we made a golf course on. Uh, uh, Pinecroft, the first one we built, uh, my dad was raised on that farm, and uh, and he actually born there, I guess, and. Uh, and our other, the other uh, property that we built Champion Hill on was a farm that came into our possession back in the well, early '60s, I guess. And was the whole family involved in the farm? Was was everybody a farmhand, as they say? Well, this was a fruit farm and Christmas tree farm, and and originally it was my dad and his two brothers, my grandfather, and uh, but. When I got out of college, my dad and I went out on our own. Uh, uh, the, their partnership kind of split up a little bit, and, and my dad and I ended up with, uh, with with several of the farms. And uh, so uh, I would be the third, fourth generation, third generation. I guess my son would be the fourth, <clears throat> but we're not farming anymore. Uh, that ended uh, about year 2000, I guess. What was your role as a, a young man on the farm? What, what were the jobs that you were tasked with? Well, I guess Christmas trees probably was the primary uh, job, but and harvesting fruit. Uh, uh, I learned a, a bit of mechanical ability from the people that were working for us, so I I did a lot of repairs and uh, a, a little bit of everything. Did the um, now was it a Christmas tree farm where you actually had consumers come out and and cut down their own trees, or or were you guys supplying other uh, other Christmas tree farms like you would see you know here in Chicago? I, I always wonder where do all these thousands of Christmas trees come from each year when they're you know, stacked high in, in Walgreens parking lots. Uh, were, were you guys both of those or, or set them out? Well, we were primary, primarily wholesalers. And 
we actually had two customers in Chicago. One is, uh, well, South Holland and, and one on Halstead Street back in the day. Uh, but we were primarily uh, wholesalers uh, shipped into the mostly uh, east of the Mississippi, but uh, uh, some trees went out west. Uh, the market, uh, the I don't know, we probably didn't keep up with the times and and uh, the little Ma and Pa Christmas tree lots kind of disappeared when the box stores started selling trees and it, it became more difficult to stay in that business. And so we could see that. And so we decided not to pursue it any farther. Yeah. And what type of uh, fruit did they have on the farm? Uh, cherries and apples, mostly some peaches, uh, but primarily cherries and apples for processing and fresh fruit. So from, from those beginnings, obviously working the, uh, Christmas tree farm, the fruit farm, um, tell me about, well, first let's hear about when golf entered your life and then, and then we'll hear more about the transition of the farm into the, the courses that are there today. But, uh, when did you first uh, start playing golf or when were you introduced to the game? Well, I, I played very little, uh, in my, I, I, I guess I took a class, uh, a golf class in college and, uh, but I hadn't really played and I didn't play much for a few years. And, and I, then I started playing on a local course with my dad and, uh, we played quite a bit of golf together. We, we enjoyed playing together and, uh, you know, neither one of us were very good, but we enjoyed the game. Uh, that would have been, I was probably in my mid twenties, early thirties, probably. Mm -hmm. And, uh, never thought I'd be in the golf business at that time, but we, uh, we had a farm. It's actually the home farm where my dad was born that, uh, wasn't, uh, big enough to be a commercial fruit farm. And we'd already decided we didn't want to be in the Christmas tree business. And we didn't know what to do with it. So, <clears throat> this was probably about 19, maybe 1988, 1987. And we were just kind of letting it sit there. And about that time, I took my wife and kids. We went down to Panama City Beach, uh, probably for spring break. We had a little motor home. And parked on the strip there and and uh, I like to tell this part of the story I would, I'd get up before daylight and walk down to a uh, little golf course about three or four blocks down signal signal hill golf course and but they didn't take tea times so of course I was with my family so I wanted to get my golf done early and so I'd get out there early so I could get out and uh, we'd He's standing there with a bunch of guys. It wasn't even light yet. And, and uh, I just, all of a sudden, a light bulb went off. I said, hey, you know, maybe that's what we ought to do with that farm up north. And, and so that was the start of it, I guess. Was seeing, it was seeing all the, the folks lined up down in Panama City Beach ready to play some golf. You thought, hey, I could do this up at uh, northern Michigan. Well, it, it entered my mind, you know, and, and uh, so we got home from vacation and 
talked it over with uh, with my dad, and and uh, I think he kind of thought about it for a little while. And a few days later, he said, "You know, maybe we ought to pursue that," and uh, which we did. And <clears throat> neither one of us knew anything except how to maybe hit a golf ball poorly. <laughs> and uh, uh, but we we got some. Uh, uh, did some consulting with our extension agent uh, from Michigan State, and he had a little turf background. And uh, and then I I got hooked up with a fellow by the name of Jim Cole, C O L E, and uh, and he had actually he had uh, he was when he was young he took. Uh, the turf course down at Ohio State, and uh, but he got hired away before he actually finished. Uh, Agaming Golf Course up north of us, uh, they were just getting started, and he got hired, and, and he left school, and <clears throat> and uh, and he didn't go back. Uh, he worked in in uh, uh, I think he helped get that golf course started at least the first nine holes. Maybe I can't remember. He might've been there for 18 holes. And then, and then he worked at crystal mountain resort, uh, and helped, uh, they were building their first 18 holes. And, uh, and when I met him, he had a lawn care business and, and I collared him one day and I said, Hey Jim, I said, <clears throat> I want to show you a piece of property. And, uh, Took him up to this farm. It's 160 acres, and it it uh, it overlooks the length of Crystal Lake, which is about seven miles long. It's a really pretty piece of property. And uh, anyway, I drove him around up there, and I said, "We're thinking about maybe building a golf course." And I I said, "Do you think we got anything here that that would work?" And and he was pretty excited about it. And, uh, well, anyway, he ended up working, uh, he ended up working for us. He still is working for us. Uh, he and I are about the same age and, uh, but he knew enough. Uh, I didn't know anything, absolutely nothing about golf. And, and uh, but between him and, and Andy, uh, uh, we did what we needed to do. I mean, <laughs> we did the right things. We sent uh, uh, soil samples into the state to get uh, the mechanicals on them as far as particle size, sand, silt, and clay. And, and uh, you know, we had great soil. That's all we found that out. We didn't need to do anything special. We, when we built greens, we just stripped the topsoil off and screened it and then put it back on at, you know, 14 inches, uh, uh, but we didn't have to bring anything special or add any amendments to it. We were just lucky. And, uh, <clears throat> and that's the same thing with the drainage uh, on the course. Uh, the soil, uh, the very sandy soil, and so there was, there's never been a drainage problem. Uh, it can rain and we can go right out and play or we don't have to worry about carts or anything. We're just, just lucky that, that that's the soil that we have. Yeah, no, that's when I, that's one thing that seeing a lot of different golf courses and stepping on your property, 
uh, obviously the views are probably the first thing that catch your eye of neighboring, you know, Crystal Lake and Lake Michigan, but uh, the soil too, you just, you, you, you see, we had a lot of storms the week prior and uh, there was no signs of it out there. You, you can tell just walking around that this is good quality soil where, where probably golf was meant to be. Well, it sure makes it cheaper to construct a golf course. <laughs> yeah, I bet. So that, with, with that construction, so when you first approached your father with the idea of turning it into a golf course, did you at that time think that you'd be the one building it? Well... I, you know, yeah, we figured, I think we thought that, uh, we didn't have money to have somebody else build it. And, uh, I mean, we had enough to get started on it. And, uh, I think, uh, now I couldn't imagine, uh, that we would have, uh, tried to hire somebody to actually come in and do the destruction. I mean, we, we wanted to we wanted to do as much as we could, and you know, we we did hire at, at Pinecroft. We hired a dozer operator. <clears throat> we had farm equipment and, and a small dozer, and and uh, and and uh, Jim kind of taught him how to shape a little bit. Taught him what he wanted to see, and and uh, uh, we had we hired we rented some bigger equipment as we got into it a little farther where we had to uh, take out, uh, we had to do some clearing and take care of stumps. And, and then we had some scrapers when we, when we built the pond. Uh, but pretty much we did it all ourselves. We, we put the irrigation in and uh, uh, we did everything except uh, we didn't, <clears throat> We didn't uh, put the asphalt down for cart paths, and we didn't build a clubhouse, but uh, pretty much everything else we did ourselves. Wow. And it, so when you when you guys break ground, how, how long did the full construction process take? Well, at Pinecroft, uh, I think I think we had our permits in, in 1989. And uh, and we seeded in 1991, and we opened the first nine in 1992, and and the second nine in 1993. And uh, it it was well received. Uh, we were busy. Of course, that was right at the height of golf's popularity, and uh, we were turning people away. And one day, well, we were, it was kind of a letdown because we enjoyed the construction part of it so much. And now what are we going to do? You know, we had the, we had some equipment and we had a little knowledge and, and, uh, we were just kind of kidding back and forth. And, oh, we ought to, maybe we ought to build another one. And, uh, I guess in 1994, we, Jim and I were looking at another piece of property. That's up. That's where Champion Hill is. That's in the the highest part of Bensey County. <clears throat> and we had 160 acres there of Christmas trees, and uh, at various stages. And uh, you 
when you're out on that 160 acres, it was kind of a west-facing slope, wide open. You know, you could see Lake Michigan uh, uh, from a couple points, and it was, it had a, a really nice feeling. And and uh, we started thinking, well, you know, we could if we could do 30% more rounds with another golf course, we figured we could probably justify it. And, uh, well, we, I guess we decided to do it. And, uh, we bought a dozer. Well, a lot of things happened right at that time. There was land available around us that was for sale. And, uh, and I, you know, I can't, I can't remember just exactly. We had some routing set up, and and then land would become available, and we'd change our routings, and and uh, uh, I think we had 160 acres. We ended up with uh, well over 350 acres, I think, by the time we were done buying, and uh, we we. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think. I think we had our permits for the golf course portion of it uh, probably in in 1996. But in '95, <clears throat> we bought a a, a, a brand new uh, D6 H2 high sprocket uh, cat, and uh, with timber money that we took off that land to where we were going to be building the golf course where the, where it was still forested, had a lot of maple on it. And, uh, so we acquired that piece of equipment and started clearing in 95. And then in 96, we had permits for the golf course and, and we had a layout, uh, pretty much the final layout was done by then. And, uh, Oh, I guess, it was about at that point that uh, I started running the dozer, and and uh, Jim was superintendent at Pinecroft, so he was full time over there. And my family just cut me loose, and and uh, and I worked uh, worked on the golf course there, pretty much by myself, uh, 1996, 97, and 98. And uh, we just did it. That's just the speed we were working. And uh, Jim would come out, and we'd collaborate on a hole. And, and uh, if we didn't like it, we, you know, it's just dirt. You just move it around and change it, and put the topsoil back down. And, and uh, we knew what we wanted. Uh, we liked that open that airy feeling and uh, uh, so we we tried to make a golf course that looked like it belonged there we tried to open it up as much as we could and uh, we liked the uh, natural elevated tees uh, we didn't want any trees in play we wanted big greens wide ape, wide uh, uh, what well, I don't know what you how you'd call it uh, landing with, areas. Uh, yeah, what width of landing areas and approach we didn't, shots. Want, we didn't really want any water features, and 
we tried to make the bunkering look natural. I mean, it, it was not formal bunkers. You know, they were they just looked like they were sand sand pits, I guess. And, uh, and of course, the whole theme for both of the golf courses was we wanted something that was low maintenance. So uh, we were a little different uh, than what was going on in, in our area. We put, uh, well, at Pinecroft, we just had, uh, oh, I think three or four bluegrasses for fairways and tees. And we used Pencross bent on the greens. But at Champion Hill, we used uh, some low mow, low mowing bluegrasses. And, uh, and maybe not so, not so, uh, easy to take care of, but we, we used, uh, L93 bent on the greens, a little more maintenance there, but, uh, that was, the that was one of Jim's concerns. He says, we don't want to make this labor intensive. We want to make it, uh, we're going to be a mid-range course, and, and we want to make a nice, we want to have nice conditions for our golfers, but uh, we're not, uh, we don't really want to get involved with uh, bent grass fairways. They're too expensive to maintain. <laughs> so blue, blue, blue grass was in the right price point. That was, that was the plan, and it's worked out real well for us. Uh, in fact, it's one of the benefits is that uh, I think about four years ago, we quit using uh, lightweight, real mowers on the fairways. And we started using uh, rotary mowers set at one inch. And it gave us the same cut as a three-quarter inch with a real mower because it, the blades would pull the grass up and... Uh, and so the grass is actually healthier, and it played like we were using a real mower. And we kind of experimented with it. We didn't know how that was going to work uh, after the first year, but boy, we were really pleased with it. And now we're doing that at both of our courses. Hmm. Now, when you're doing all this, Lee, so in this this stretch of basically constructing the two courses from what, 89 to 90, 96 or 98. Um, over that whole time, did the golf industry pay attention while you were building? Was there a time that other golf course developers or, or anyone in the industry reached out or, or people that were stopping by curious what you were doing? <laughs> well, I guess we were, I guess we were probably a curiosity, but, uh, I remember, uh, I remember a time when uh, Mike uh, DeVries was just getting out on his own, and uh, he came and paid a visit to us uh, when we were working on Champion Hill, and uh, uh, asked if we if we could use some assistance. And, and uh, in fact, I think Jim and I were up there drawing sketches in the sand on what we were going to do on on a certain hole, number 12 or something. And, uh, yeah, it's kind of an interesting little conversation. Anyway, I, I think I probably, I wasn't trying to be rude, but I said, you know, I said, if, if, uh, 
if we had somebody else helping us do this, take all the fun away. (laughs) 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 And I saw, saw Mike recently and, uh, hadn't seen him since then actually. And I, I met up with him recently this summer and, uh, and he remembered that. He remembered that story. <laughs> that's that's good. I'm sure he's. I feel like he's the kind of guy that would really appreciate that. No, as much fun as he has building golf courses. That's really that's really cool. Um, through through the process, you know, it sounds like Jim um, was was uh, partner number one, right? He was the right hand man. Uh, was he? You know, how important is he? today to the golf course you said he still works for you what does he do well he's a superintendent he oversees both courses and uh okay. <clears throat> we ask each other every year are you going to work again next year because i think when one of us doesn't probably the other one isn't going to either but uh uh no he's uh he's very important uh we wouldn't have those two golf courses uh i'm sure uh and uh probably wouldn't have even got him built. It's just the way it was. He's a hands-on guy and, and, uh, and he had, he had some experience and, and of course we were all studying reading and, and, uh, learning about, you know, what is a golf course and, and all the technical stuff. And, but I think, I think he and I both, had the same kind of eye of what we wanted to, what we wanted to see in a golf hole. And, uh, and so we collaborated and, and once in a while, uh, we would do something one way or we'd do something another way, but most of the time we were thinking alike and, uh, that, that made, uh, made life pretty easy trying to do something with two people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and uh, you know the, um, I guess I I'm, I guess I'm still curious about the construction, and you know one of my favorite things in any, it, really in life is just people that put themselves out there to uh, try something new to create something of value, to that that brings people together. You know whether it be a, a tech startup or it be a uh, a golf course in your in your situation, and I'm I'm curious if there was ever any uh, through all this construction, you know, what were there many setbacks? Were were there times where you maybe felt overwhelmed and you looked at Jim and and said, you know, what are we doing? <laughs> not not on the second golf course, the first golf course, because we didn't have any history. I mean, here's here's a family that wants to build a golf course. And of course we had to borrow some money. So we had to go to the bank and, uh, and, uh, well, what do you guys know about building golf courses? You're farmers, you know, and, and, uh, they weren't really interested right at first. And, uh, and then originally we were trying to borrow money to do the whole 18 holes. And, uh, and we peeled that back to nine holes and they were more comfortable with that. And then, uh, when we had everything ready to, uh, when everything was ready, uh, except, you know, when we were ready to borrow money for irrigation, 
uh, we hired uh, Jeff Gorney uh, to come up and walk the course with it, with us, and uh, for the bank. The bank wanted somebody to look at it to see if we knew what the heck we were doing, and uh, which we did. And uh, I think we had to take one tree out someplace that he thought might be in a bad spot, but otherwise everything was fine. And, and, uh, and we got that nine holes up and running and, and we were ready to go start working on the next 18 and, and the bank had no problems at that point, uh, uh, lending us money to finish up, to finish that course. And then, <clears throat> uh, there, there was not an issue at champion Hill. They, uh, but they did ask after we had the same thing, after we had it already, before we started borrowing money for irrigation, they said, see if Jeff will come up again. And, and, and Jeff was working, uh, I think he might have been working uh, with the Heathlands course at Onikama maybe about that time. I'm not sure. But, but he, was, he was available, and he came up and went around the course. And... and uh, uh, gave the okay on it. So, so, you know, that's how that worked. <laughs> yeah. Was Jeff's okay on the property? Was that the moment you, you said, okay, I, I got this, or was that an entirely different moment? No, where you... We already knew it was going to be okay before he came up there on the second one. The first, the first course, you know, I'd never been through that before. So I wasn't, you know, I was hoping it was going to be okay. Everybody said it looked good, but you know, you got to have somebody that's in the business uh, make that decision. And, and uh, but we knew Champion Hill when he came out there. We knew that he was going to like that, or he wasn't going to dislike it. He wasn't going. There weren't going to be any suggestions made there. Yeah. <laughs> At that point, he, he figured, okay, these guys know what they're doing. Um, what What were some lessons you may have learned on the first construction of Pinecroft that? you applied to the construction of Champion Hill? Uh, Pinecroft had uh, four, four of the greens were too severe. And uh, we rebuilt one of them probably a year or two after we opened, number nine. And then uh, about... Well, to finish that story, about four, four or five years ago, we rebuilt it again, along with three other, three other greens. Uh, we just didn't have enough cupping surface where the ball would hold, so we, we uh, stripped the the, uh, the uh, turf up and and uh, recontoured it, put it back together. Uh, we thought when we did Champion Hill that that uh, we had that covered, but uh, we've got one green there, number 12, that at some point we're probably going to do a little recontouring on that. It's, 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 it's a big green, but there's not enough different areas for cupping. And, uh, so, you know, we didn't quite learn our lesson, but almost. <laughs> I was going to bring up number 12 at Champion Hill because, Lee, that uh, the left side of the green in particular absolutely destroyed our group. Uh, you guys had a doozy of a pin out that day. And uh, 
I, I like a challenging pin. We call those ejections. When you think you hit the shot you need to, and it gets ejected off of the uh, face of the green. Yeah. Um, I enjoy those moments, but that that's a doozy. That one, <laughs> keep it. I think it's good. Um so the uh, when when you're doing the recon terrain, is it still yourself? Do you do you take the same approach? Do you get in in the uh, the 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 same dozer and, and go out there and and reshape it yourself? No, it's nothing major like that. Uh, we just uh, we cut the sod and roll it up and take it off the green and and uh, and with just small equipment, uh, you can make some subtle changes. It doesn't. It's not a big deal. Uh, you know, if you had drainage and, and all that type of stuff in the greens, it would it'd be a little more difficult. But uh, we don't have to have that stuff here, so it's, it's not a big it's not a big uh, it's not a worrisome job. It's just something that takes a little time. All right, all right. And and I have to imagine, you know, we talked about Jim being a. Uh, a partner in crime for all this and, and probably doesn't happen without him. But um, what, what type of team did you guys have? Well, well I'll ask, what, what's your grounds crew look like now? What kind of team do you guys have now? And uh, similarly, what, what kind of team did you have helping you out when it got to things like irrigation? And um, I'd imagine you had some hands on deck. Uh, <clears throat> we, uh, we hired a couple guys. They saw the pipe being delivered and stopped, and and wanted to know if we were going to need help. And uh, but we had uh, we were still farming, and uh, uh, when we did Champion Hill, that's basically when we quit farming. We brought our farm crews. We had uh, uh, we had a, well, we had a farm market. Uh, we had a couple uh, gals that worked and they came out and helped put irrigation in and uh but i got a lot of family a lot of family involved there always has been uh uh my kids jim's kids uh, uh my brother-in-law was a very important part of it he's he's uh one of the jim's second hand right hand men i guess my son uh my daughter has worked for us at different times. She helped in construction when she was in uh, uh, in college, and uh, and we still have a lot of family. Uh, my wife, uh, my my sister, and uh, I got two brother-in-laws, uh, my son, and uh, and then we got retired people. Uh, like to come out and they mow and go. Uh, oh, I got a nephew. I've got a nephew that's working with us. He's he's been uh, through the spray program, so he can help spray now. And uh, that's pretty much a family deal. Wow, wow! And, and it uh, being a a patron of the course, I I can say that that does have a family feel to it. Um, I didn't know that there was that many uh, family members who have who have helped out and been a part of it, but I, I guess I felt the uh, the community aspect of it. It, it seems like uh, these are two courses that, that actually mean a lot to the people that live there. 
Uh, and even though you know folks like myself looking for a great golf experience while they're you know doing a three four day road trip, uh, it, it's certainly worthy of a destination. Uh, the the feel I had when I was there was this is this is community golf. These people play here regularly, and, and this is where they want to spend their time. Um, how have how has it been important to the community in your eyes? Oh. You know, I guess, uh, I don't know how I, I don't know if I have much thought on that. I, I'm sure that, uh, I'm sure that it helps, uh, restaurants and, and, I, and, it, and it helps, uh, lodging and, uh, it gives the, the local people options as to where to play golf. Uh, and we got, you know, within, within this area, uh, there's three golf courses, uh, Crystal Lake Golf Course, Pinecroft, and Champion Hill. They're all within three miles of each other. And uh, and then we got uh, Bear Lake. We've got Interlochen, uh, Mistwood, and uh, uh, Heathlands. Of course, Arcadia, and Chestnut Hills, Crystal Mountain. Uh, there's a lot of opportunity in this northwest part of Michigan for for golf. I, I yeah. guess we're just part of that. Yeah. And then you have a pretty famous uh, neighbor to you guys as well, just around <laughs> the corner. Top top 20 in the world type famous. Yeah, well, there's, you gotta, that's a little harder to get on if you're a, a tourist golfer. <laughs> Crystal right. Downs, yeah. Yeah. But what is, what is so neat uh, being, you know, someone who's, uh, Lee, I grew up in Ohio, right? So I was told that nothing good ever came from Michigan. That was what uh, <laughs> ran through my family. And uh, making you know a couple week trip through uh, those areas you're talking about, I mean, it, it's the perfect setting for golf in the summertime, of course. It's just uh, the, the soil just seems to be made for it. And uh, you know people love their golf up there and, and it feels like, uh, I just had such a great week uh, bouncing around from different places, and and for your place in particular, I think you know we we, we kid and jest about getting onto Crystal Downs, but um, you know your land I've heard is equivalent to what what Crystal Downs sits on. From from I've had two people tell me that, and and I think for the average golfer, that's really important that uh, they can experience a place that you know is really interesting type of golf. And it gives people more the bug to uh, to have that you know near near their home, have some other courses you know similar to to what you created. Well, that that's a nice uh, nice compliment to be compared to a course like uh, Crystal Downs, and uh, uh, I could I could hear more of that. Uh, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep going if you want. No, it, it's uh, it's just it's just special, and and I'm sure this is a question uh, that's hard to answer. Kind of like asking what who who your favorite child is. But uh, of the two go- golf courses that you are the architect of, uh, which one is your favorite? Well, I'm the co-architect. Not, I'm not the architect. Jim and I are the architects, and actually. Pinecroft was uh, was Andy Norman and uh, Jim Cole and Lee Stone, 
and uh, and then Jim and I were the architects for Champion Hill. But you know, I don't, I absolutely do not have a favorite. Uh, uh, I've got sentimental attachments to the Pinecroft course because it it goes way back, and uh, and uh, I'll tell you, we put uh, uh, at Champion Hill. We we've got a little real estate uh, development in the center of that, and I wouldn't have felt that I could do that at Pinecroft. I wouldn't have wanted to do that. Uh, Champion Hill, that was a farm that had been in the business since the '60s, but it didn't have that. Uh, that wasn't Grandpa's farm, and so it was. Uh, and a, and a lot of that land that we have there, we just bought when we were building it, so. Uh, it doesn't have that sentimental value. So we could have a development there and, and sell some lots and, and it wouldn't be like selling the farm. So, but, uh, as far as playing, <clears throat> I don't play anymore. Uh, but when I was playing, uh, it was, uh, Pinecroft was a little more technical, a little, maybe a little more difficult. And, uh, and champion Hill was that wide open. And uh, it allowed for a few few more mistakes. Uh, I think you could have more fun and, and score better uh, if you're a, a, not a great golfer at, at Champion Hill. Pinecroft, if you want to score, you better you better hit it straight, and, and uh, uh, the greens are smaller. You better you better get those get the ball in the right part of those greens because. Uh, uh, if you don't, you're going to add up a few strokes. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed with our group of buddies that came through Champion Hill, I, I love courses that kind of uh, bring the low handicapper and the high handicapper closer together. Uh, and we had a, a wide variety of playing abilities uh, out with you guys that day. And um, it, it certainly did that, you know, the, the, with a t- couple tough pins, I think. Some of our better players could get themselves in a little bit of trouble around the greens, but there's enough width off the tee uh, that you can you can spray it a little, but you, you can't spray it a lot because you guys do have a lot of the fescue grass lining fairways. Well, I don't know if it's fescue, but I know it's tall grass that, that can uh, you know make yeah. your, your hole a lot harder, um, which, which one, I think it's beautifully scenic uh, with all those views, but, uh, but two, you know, I just thought it was a nice balance of playability and challenge well i thank you for your compliments (laughs) (laughs) no problem um is there anything you know for those that come in and play your your course on whether they're local or for a buddy's trip is there anything uh that you haven't mentioned today about the construction or the creation of it that that may surprise some people uh well, I can't think of anything offhand. Uh, I will say that our courses are kind of unique in the fact that uh, we are just golf. Uh, we don't have any other amenities. We have a driving range at both courses, but but uh, we don't have a food service. We have you know packaged sandwiches and soft drinks, and and uh, we don't have beverage carts. Uh, uh, you know, I don't even know why we survive, you know, uh, but, 
we wanted to keep it simple and and we've stayed with that theme ever since we started and uh and don't have any uh any reason to change anything i guess uh so in that respect that's a little different uh but as far as construction no i i can't think of anything uh, that we haven't talked about yeah now i that type of environment for golf you know if if you are someone who enjoys the recreation of getting out in the fresh air and playing the game of golf. Um, we, my belief, sitting where I sit, running a golf society, what you've done and the, the simple approach to the game, um, you know, that's how the game started in, in Scotland and uh, the, the Lynx lands of, of Great Britain and Ireland. And I, I just think that we uh, will get back to that in a little way. You know, through all those years, I mean, from 89 to the time to, to where we're at now, think about how, how many golf courses have overcomplicated a lot of their offerings and, and really just threw a lot at, at the consumers. And uh, I don't know, Lee, I just think that it's, it's really refreshing to see uh, a more minimalist, uh, simple approach to, to the, the game because I think it's more enjoyable. I mean, from, from golfers coming to golf, I, I think that's all, all you need and nothing you don't. Well, that's, that, that's what we're doing. I guess uh, you can't get much simpler. Uh, I also, being a Chicagoan, I really appreciate your snack prices. Uh, thank you for where you put those. I thought I was at Augusta, you know, at the Masters, where they keep everything in the, the dollar to three dollar range. Keep, keep that going. That, that, that <laughs> just felt good. Um, well, well, last question for you, Lee, and I think I know the answer, but I'll ask it anyways. You know, looking back, on all this time and uh, the construction of your two golf courses, uh, would you do it all again? Uh, if I was younger, I'm, you know, we actually, when we were in the heyday there, when everybody was building golf courses, we were, we were actually looking at another site. Well, I, I'm glad we didn't do that, but uh, that's a, that's quite an experience. Uh, there's a lot of satisfaction into, uh, getting a project done like that and, and uh, see those sprinklers come on and the, the grass come up and, and, uh, and then the customers play that there's a lot of satisfaction there. Uh, I don't have any regrets. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I'll just say this cause uh, I, I wanted to do this interview and discussion with you because um, first and foremost, I really enjoyed your golf course. And so thank you for building it. Uh, thank you for, for running it the way you do. And, and uh, you know, I hope some of our society members will, uh, a lot of them are from Michigan. A lot of them come up to Michigan. I, I hope some, some of them will, will stop by and, and check your place out. Well, if they do, uh, let, the, let the counter people know that they're there. It'd be interesting, uh, uh, interesting to know uh, if any of your group uh, gets up here. It, we, we will. We'll, we'll send them with the, uh, the tees too. And, and uh, you'll, you'll, you'll see the new club tees. So you'll know that they're there. But um, Lee, thank you again for taking this time. I know uh, running golf courses this time of year, when the heart of the golf season, you're busy. So we, we really appreciate it. Well, thank, thank you very much for inviting me, Matt. Appreciate it. Yep. All right. We'll take care and we'll see you soon. Yep.